The God of Mischief is back and better than ever. Loki. 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 Wow. Great to see you again. Critics agree. Loki season two is marvelous. Great. And it's finally here. How much do you know? Let's assume I don't know much. A mind-bending adventure. Spectacularly cinematic. I've been waiting for a moment like this. It surpasses all expectations. A little over the top, don't you think? I thought it was spot on. Loki Season 2. Now streaming only on Disney+. Plus. How are you now? How are you now? Um, that was an eventful night. That was a very eventful night for the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, your Montreal Canadiens, <clears throat> again, super eventful night, but they win 6-3 to three over the Pittsburgh Penguins in Pittsburgh. Uh, hello and welcome to episode 23 of the Bottom 6 Minutes podcast presented by Habs Eyes and the Prize. I am Matt Drake, and uh, yeah, that was a very eventful night. Uh, we got a lot of stuff to get to, so let's start with uh, with a quick little recap, right? Because there was quite a bit of uh, events in that particular game. So <clears throat> first period was a wash, right? Nothing happened. Um, I'd say the Pittsburgh Penguins were the better team. Uh, they outshot, outpossessed the Habs, but Jake Allen standing tall. Uh, the Habs even had a four-minute power play uh, early on. Brendan Gallagher got high-sticked and drew blood, and they managed to do absolutely nothing offensively, but they didn't get scored on. So I call that progress since last night they got scored on uh, in the same situation. So progress, right? Second period, um, you know, still I, I felt like the Penguins looked like the better team. Jake Allen still standing very tall for the Montreal Canadiens. We had a couple of bullshit penalties, uh, a ridiculous hooking call on Arturi Lekkinen, and then a ridiculous tripping call on uh, Chris Letin. Uh, who literally just threw a hip check and they called him for tripping. But uh, nobody scored on either of those. But uh, just under five minutes to go in the period, uh, Jonathan Drouin gets a breakaway. Uh, great speed, great move, uh, kind of fakes like he's going to go far side with the backhand, but then just slides it five-hole on Casey to Smith. one nothing for the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, then we get into the third period. Third period is where most of the action happened. So Arturi Lekkinen gets a penalty uh, pretty early in the third. Takes all of 13 seconds for Evan Rodriguez to score from the high slot. Makes it 1-1. We're feeling like, oh boy, here we go again with the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, having a terrible third period and losing a game. But no. As they're still announcing the Rodriguez goal, uh, Josh Anderson drives into the zone. Uh, Sammy Niku comes in and supports him. Takes the puck out into the corner. Turns. Finds Christian Dvorak at the side of the net. He makes it 2-1. For the Montreal Canadiens. Not long after that, uh, scrambled down in front. Arturi Lekkinen bangs one in from the slot. Three to one for the Montreal Canadiens. And the Penguins, late in the game, about four minutes to go, I want to say, they pull Casey DeSmith. Uh, Habs can't clear. Jeff Carter scores, makes it three to two, right? Two goal lead, worst lead in hockey, of course. If any team was going to blow it, it would be the Montreal Canadiens. But no, Josh Anderson gets an empty netter, makes it four to two. But still, the Pittsburgh Penguins have their goalie out. And this time it's Sidney Crosby who gets one uh, from, you know, the top of the circle area a little bit. Makes it 4-3. to three. It's like, uh-oh, uh-oh. Are they going to blow this two-goal lead instead of the first one that they had? But no, Josh Anderson uh, gets loose, gets a break towards an empty net. He gets tripped before he can get a shot off, and that's an allowed goal, a pretty rare thing, but... 
can't trip somebody when they're going in on an empty net or it's going to be allowed every time makes it five to three and then just after that Tyler Toffoli gets another empty netter makes it six to three for the Montreal Canadiens they win uh they finally get back on track is what they kept saying on the CBC broadcast uh but you know let's let's be honest um the the shots in that game I believe it was 51 to 29 for the Penguins uh, I should probably double check that to make sure, but the, the, the Penguins had at least 50 shots on goal. Uh, so take a wild guess at who your player of the game is for the Montreal Canadiens. It is Jake Allen. Uh, there was a temptation on my part to give it to Jonathan Drouin. I'm a big fan of his. Uh, temptation also to give it to Josh Anderson. He was pretty good on the night, but you, you got to go with Jake Allen in that game. Um, if, if he doesn't play the way he does... Uh, they lose that game. They lose that game probably by a pretty nasty-looking score. Maybe 6-3 to three the other way. Who knows? Um, certainly, when you look at the fact that they got three empty net goals, um, obviously, they, they really needed their goaltender in this one. Um, and he was there. He, he made some ridiculous saves. I mean, he made one in the third period where immediately off the faceoff, the Penguins got a shot. He had to kick his pad out, and it gave up a rebound like right into the slot. Immediately... Uh, I think it was Rodriguez who comes in and takes a shot and he just throws the glove out there and makes a ridiculous glove save. Um, One of Jake Allen's best games. Um, Really, he probably deserved to get that shutout completed, but uh, the Habs were just not very good in the defensive zone. Uh, They were allowing a lot of shots, a lot of quality shots. Uh, They really owe one to to Jake Allen for for that game. They should probably all uh, take him out, buy him a couple drinks uh, tonight, and thank him for that effort because uh, really it was it was quite impressive. Um, on to uh, I think we got to talk about my Clydesdales a little bit, don't we? Uh, because uh, I, I want to title this episode maybe "The Winds of Change" because it seems like they're blowing in Montreal, man. Um, after the game started, we got some news. The first bit of news that came out was that the Montreal Canadiens had gotten permission to speak with Jeff Gorton, uh, the New York Rangers' uh, former general manager. They've allowed them to talk to him. Given that he doesn't speak French, I'm guessing you know that that's probably for like a president of hockey operations role, uh, not for the general manager role, but uh, a pretty interesting development, especially when you consider that right after that was put out there on Twitter, uh, it was also announced that Scott Mellenby resigned as assistant general manager for the team. And then Pierre Lebrun came out and gave some even more interesting information about that, which is that Jeff Molson had been talking to Mel and B very seriously about the potential of him either becoming general manager or becoming president of hockey operations. And then all of a sudden, he was informed that, that, was, that he was no longer in the running for either of those positions. And I think, uh, according to Lebrun, that is when he decided to resign. So at the very least, it's incredibly interesting that Jeff Molson has been, you know, speaking to Marc Bergevin's subordinates about the possibility of replacing him. That's incredibly interesting. It means that, you know, what I was talking about the last episode when I kind of went in on Molson a little bit, he's watching these games and obviously he's not happy with what's going on with his hockey team and he's legitimately thinking about it. Um, Or maybe it was just because he thought, uh, Bergevin wouldn't come back next season anyway, so maybe he was just kind of planning for that possibility. But e- either way, the winds have changed, man. They're blowing. It-, it sounds like the owner of this team actually wants to make some kind of change. And then you have the the Gordon news, right? The fact that they're talking to him. 
And again, probably for a president of hockey operations role. So the, the only thing that's not clear is what would the parameters of that role be? Is he coming in to support Marc Bergevin? Is he, is he coming in to manage him? Is he going to try to convince him to mix in a fucking leg day here and there? Get him to, you know, balance out his, 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 uh, his curls a little bit with some leg days? I don't know. But um, the thing that seems a little bit more likely is that they're bringing him in to support like a younger general manager uh, that would need somebody with a lot of hockey experience. Uh, so presumably you'd be looking at somebody maybe like Mathieu Darche from uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning, former Habs player who has been making a name for himself as an executive with the Tampa Bay Lightning. Um, th- this is interesting, right? So I think my, my chief Clydesdale there, Martin Bergevin, I, I think the writing might be on the wall. I mean, this certainly seems like the writing's on the wall. I, I, I don't know for sure, but the fact that this is being discussed, the fact that they're having conversations with his subordinates, the fact that they're going out and getting somebody from uh, previously from the New York Rangers and also previously from the Boston Bruins, uh, not to forget, Jeff Gordon, when he was with the Boston Bruins, he pulled off that famous Andrew Raycroft for Tuka Rass trade. Look how that turned out for the, uh, the Bruins. He was also there when they had the draft where they got... Um, Brad Marchand, Phil Kessel, and uh, Milan Lucic, all in the same draft. So he's got a pretty interesting history, um, and he was also responsible for basically building the current iteration of the New York Rangers. Uh, I'm, I'm interested in this move. I, I am, especially for, for what it may mean for the rest of the executive. Um, I'm interested primarily in the fact that Jeff Molson clearly is interested in making a change. That makes me happy. That's why I don't know if you can hear the joy in my voice. It's not just because my chief Clydesdale is in trouble. It's because I finally have a sign that the owner of this team sees some of the issues and wants to make changes. That's great news for me. Uh, It should be great news for everybody who is a fan of the Montreal Canadiens. We should be rejoicing that this guy is at least thinking about making a change. And the next couple of days could be pretty interesting. We, we, we might have some, some more news to follow up on. Uh, who knows, right? we we got to keep an eye on it. And then we got to talk about uh, my, my other Clydesdale, right? Dominique Ducharme. Uh, I've had some pretty strong words uh, against him, and uh, I, I maintain my position. But I do want to bring something up. And he, he made an interesting lineup change where he decided to make the third line he put Nick Suzuki with Cole Caulfield and slid Arturi Lekkonen in on the other side, and it paid off. They were the best team, uh, the best line on the Habs in terms of possession, uh, 66.67% according to Natural Stat Trick on Corsi at five versus five. Uh, Corsi, of course, being shot attempt share. So 66.67% of the shot attempts, which means you know they had the puck on their sticks a lot more than uh, than the other team. Expected goals for of 82.30%. That's nice. That line works. Now, I hope that he's smart enough to try and keep them together. and Because uh, finding out whether or not Arturi Lekkonen could be the perfect you know, other winger for Nick Suzuki and Cole Caulfield, it could be huge, right? If he, if he does work, because they seem to have tried a number of people on that line... Um, other than Lekkonen, and it just really hasn't worked, right? They're, they're, they're just not getting anything going. He tries Lekkonen for one game, and look at this. Look, look at what you got. So, you know, I still maintain my position. Again, I, I think he should be gone as the coach of the Montreal Canadiens. I think they should move on from him as soon as possible. But 
this was an interesting choice. Uh, I, I wasn't sure about it going into the game, but I was like, hey, why not try it, right? And I, I said on Twitter, I was like, I look forward to yelling about this if it doesn't work. But it worked. And um, I got to say, uh, smart move. But at the same time, if you look at that game overall, uh, it's not a game that they necessarily deserved to win. But sometimes deserve has nothing to do with it when it comes to hockey, right? Uh, they, they got the win and their goalie was their best player. Um, but I have to say, uh, some of those lineup changes, especially that one moving Lekkinen onto that line with Suzuki and Caulfield, uh, smart and it worked. And, um, you know, let's see. We'll, we'll take a look and see on Monday night if he keeps that line together or not. Um, I think he absolutely should. Uh, if he doesn't, then I'm going to have something to yell about on Monday night, aren't I? At the end of the day, um, you, you, you just got to kind of take some of these wins uh, when you get them, right? Uh, I, I enjoyed that game. I was entertained by that game, which at the very least was one of the things I was hoping for for the remainder of the season is to have some entertaining games. And this one was definitely that. Uh, even though they, they kind of had me panicking at the end of the game when I thought they were going to blow two different two-goal leads uh, when the Penguins had their net empty. Uh, but honestly, a, a entertaining game. True, though it may be that this game uh, hurts the tank effort a little bit, um, I, I don't think... I, I, again, I, I, they kind of got shelled in terms of shots, and their goaltender had to stand on his head to keep them in that game and to get them to win. So I don't think this... Uh, is when I say winds of change and stuff, I don't think it's them changing this season, turning this season around. It's just we got a lot of news about some potential front office changes. Um, we saw a bit of improvement on the ice. We saw a more entertaining game at the very least. And I, I think that's a, a positive overall is that we're, we're seeing potential for change and we're, we're seeing a little bit more on the ice than uh, than we've seen in previous games. So... Overall, uh, I, I'm in a great mood tonight. If they could figure out how to uh, make their power play dangerous for a change, uh, I'd be in an even better mood. I mean, that's I, I don't know what it's going to take for that unit to, to start producing. Um, and again, may, maybe a lot of people won't want them to start producing because you, you want to see them lose games. You want to see them get that, that high overall draft pick uh, in the draft, which will be in Montreal next summer. So... Um, but I'd, I would personally like to see that unit get going a little bit. I think they have too much talent to be looking as bad as they do, right? Uh, but I digress. Don't want to leave it on a negative note. Leave it on a positive note. They won 6-3. They won a game, 6-3. to three. Uh, I'd love it if they could keep the games that entertaining, even if they lose a lot of them. Uh, if they can keep it entertaining like that, there's lots of goals. We're having lots of fun. We're seeing some interesting saves. We're seeing some interesting uh, line changes. Uh, you know, then that, that'll make the rest of the season fun a little bit. And then again, hopefully we get that high draft pick and uh, hopefully some things change around. And of course, the idea that we might be seeing some of the changes that I've been complaining about almost every episode this season, uh, it makes me immeasurably happy. So uh, that's it for the episode. We're running... Ooh, just over 15 minutes. So, uh, vraiment, soirée énorme pour les employés de soutien. Uh, we are on Spotify, uh, Google Play, Apple, Megaphone. I'm on Twitter at DrakeMT. Drop me a follow. I would appreciate it very much. Thank you, as always, for listening. We will be back after Monday night's game uh, against the Vancouver Canucks, the struggle bowl of two of the most strugglingest struggling teams in the NHL right now. Uh, should be an interesting one. So, thanks again. Uh, and as always, à la prochaine.
You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.